Good morning, Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Rob Kasky. I have been engaged in professional storytelling for the last 20 years. And although many of my stories are considered to be those pertaining to history, I really believe I tell stories that relate to human beings. How do human beings behave when the chips are down? I also have a talk I call Engaging Intuition, which is a talk relating to how Intuition plays an important role in so much of the decisions we make in life and in our businesses. But I'm best known for my stories about the Anglo-Zulu War of 1879, particularly the stories pertaining to Isantrawana and Rourke's Drift. For the average listener, they probably have never heard of the Battle of Isantrawana that saw the British Army suffer one of the most ignominious defeats in her entire colonial history at the hand of the Zulus. And that battle, which took place on Wednesday, the 22nd of January, 1879, has many great moments. One was at 11.30 that fateful Wednesday morning when a little patrol under the leadership of a young colonial lieutenant called Charles Raw said, we cantered off after some Zulu cattle and we got to the top of a rise and suddenly we had to run in our horses to stop them from falling off the face of a ravine. And in that ravine sat 40,000 human beings of the main Zulu army. And in that moment of shock and horror and madness, the British patrol opened fire into that packed Zulu mass. And with those first shots, the battle of Isantlwana began. The Zulus weren't planning to fight that day, but upon being discovered, the element of surprise was gone. The unique opportunity mentioned by the king had arisen. They'd been found. And with that, they changed stride mid-step and decided to attack the British camp. And I often wonder how many businesses and how many individuals today are ready to change stride mid-step as the circumstances change. But most importantly, the Zulus had been taught by their great forefather, Shaka, to attack in what's called the horns of the bull, where younger bodies are fighting men, the horns envelop and encircle the enemy. Then the head and chest come in to finish the enemy off. And when that great Zulu commander, who was 70 years of age, 70 years of age, his name was Inching Wayo Kamakola Koza, and he'd run 70 miles, 110 kilometers, over four and a half days to lead his army against the British. It was going to be his day. And he gave his warriors the order to attack the camp. I shall, I'm glad, Haba to arms go in. And 25,000 Zulus, supported by 15,000 teenage boys and women, began to close on that British camp. When they got within range of the Martini Henry rifle, about 500 yards, the Martini Henrys, carried by the British soldiers, opened fire and began to reap a quite grisly toll amongst the Zulus. Added to by British cannon fire, tearing swathes through the Zulu advance. And eventually the Zulus, for them it became too much, and they went to ground in a great black seething crescent in the dead ground in front of Isantrawana. And in the middle of their ranks was a young regiment called the Umtrejo, who were 30 to 33 years of age, dying to get into the thick of the fight, to bathe the Asagars in blood, to be afforded the privilege of woman and marriage and glory when they got home. And they were being so smashed by British half of fire that they'd withered and stalled. 
and they indeed were about to turn and withdraw. And had they withdrawn, they may well have precipitated a mass withdrawal of Zulus as the middle of the line broke. And it was in this moment that the most magnificent cameo at Isantruana would unfold. An old man called Mkosana Kampuntlana of the Biela clan, the commander of the Mkijo regiment, stood up like a colossus behind these men and he strode through them right to the front with his old grey cross around his shoulders and his cockle headring in his hair and the lion's claw necklace, the royal award for bravery, round his neck. And he stopped and he turned his back on the British line and he faced his young warriors and he bellowed at them. He shouted, You men don't run, don't run. The king, the small branch that extinguishes the flames, that is one of King Kechwa's praise names. And what a subtlety. He gave us no such order. Do you know that that old Zulu had hardly uttered that cry when half of his head was carried away by a mighty Martini Henry British bullet? But the rallying cry had been made and heard by his regiment and the regiments adjacent to it. And old Zulus to this day, for them, he is still a folk hero and his rallying cry is still a rallying cry. Remind us that in this moment, the Zulus would rise up like the water of the sea and fall on that thin red British firing line. I remind our guests, every time I'm fortunate enough to be graced an audience, that we, with our typically white skin and our anglophilic view, tend to try and explain his son Juana by way of a great British defeat. We are trying to change that view. We don't believe it was a British defeat, but instead we believe it was a great Zulu victory. And in that theme, was a mighty Zulu warrior who stood and rallied his troops in the moment they might have withdrawn, giving his life in so doing. And the point I want to make in all this is that extraordinary outcomes often arise from the actions of single human beings. This time with COVID, the lockdown, the pandemic worldwide has created some unprecedented times for all of us. Quite what the new normal is going to be I'm not sure. I think that many ponder that question daily. But I am aware, having studied this subject for more than 20 years now, that extraordinary outcomes often arise from the actions of single human beings. And I think irrespective of your, your position, irrespective of your rank, irrespective of where you are in your life right now, folks need to step up, look out, and indeed be accountable for the new normal and the way forward and finding a way to survive in these very, very unusual times. Thank you all very much indeed.